Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, and it's telling me that people love me in Japan, so I should just go there. <laughs> To listen to this show, find us on 4eyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, and Jason. Hey, Derek, <laughs> which yeah. way's Tokyo? <laughs> <laughs> That's the line. I totally got it wrong. I didn't write it down. No, no, no. I just no. I, funny. I, he says both. Uh, okay, he does say both. Okay, cool. I didn't get it wrong. I don't know. I don't remember. Much I was just following up. Yeah, it, sure. I appreciate it. Look, here, okay. I'm uh-huh. with it. Across the Spider-Verse is our episode next week because the movie just comes out. We had yeah. one one slot to fill. What were we going to do? Week. We're just going to do one episode of something. There are plenty of one-off things that we still haven't gotten to yet and like you know I, that that avengers show with spider-man that has like the whole story of like josh keaton voiced him and then drake bell voiced mm-hmm. him that's still on the book we will do that at some point there's plenty right. of things like that that are gonna be interesting to talk about that feature spider-man in like a single episode or single special of something um <laughs> we just made the weirdest but probably uh-huh. most unpopular choice uh this week because it felt weird and fun to do something wildly different you know that's why we're doing something wildly different and weird (laughs) i was so on board though like both of those things were on the table and i was like i don't know like i'm really curious to see like how they incorporate peter parker into fantastic four (laughs) i have my answer now and i guess i'll eventually tell you all oh we'll talk about it it's fun it's fun though i think it's an interesting conversation because we're talking about a show that i forgot ever existed um Uh called fantastic four world's greatest heroes worlds um, which came out what, it was like 2006, right? So that would have been like right around like between the first and second Fantastic Four movies, I think is when it originally came out, I believe. That sounds about right. It sounds about right. I know I that there are decisions made for this show that are directly reflections of yeah. that movie slash those movies. It definitely is like this was the animated series that was being created specifically because the Fantastic Four movies were coming out like that's yeah that's that's why this show exists and why it was made when it was it is interesting like the time period in which it exists because it's like i feel like this sort of like this like 2000s era is like this weird in between era where like you had your run of like 90s cartoons of both marvel and dc that are like very like popular and quintessential and everything and then you have like the stuff 
that's closer to when the MCU is that's like building on cinematic universe stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this period in like the two thousands is sort of weird because you have this mixture of like, you know, high concept cartoons, you know, you have your Spider-Man Unlimiteds and MTV shows and stuff like that. You have like your, your X-Men shows that are like well-regarded, but like aren't as in pop culture and like, and then you have stuff like this where it's sort of like just kind of a forgotten show. Although based on like what I was looking up on the internet, it's, it's got a, good reputation like it's got a fan base it's just like it's just stuff that like i feel like didn't make as like a lot of the cartoons of this era just didn't make as much of a pop culture footprint as stuff before and after would and so you end up with oddities like this that like you know were not treated well by the network and were probably canceled way too soon and just kind of forgotten despite like seemingly being a pretty interesting take and and show that that'll be sort sort of fun to talk about Okay. I have a question for you before we get too much into it. Okay. Did you watch more of this show than just this one episode? I didn't watch any other episodes. I did watch a uh, behind the scenes special that was from the DVD Ooh. that I just watched on YouTube. Okay. Um, so I still got like a taste of, of other of other episodes and stories and stuff like that. And their whole nice. general vibe. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, I watched about 10 episodes of it. Oh. I wanted to get a feel for it. What did you, so what do you think overall then? I do think it, I I get why it has a strong following. I was surprised. I don't know why I was surprised, but I was surprised that it is more like individual episodes than it is something that like carries throughout. I know it's like a first Mm -hmm. season of a show, so I don't know why I was surprised, but for some reason I thought there would be more continuation between episodes. You really can kind of watch the episodes in any order you want. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, I don't know that we got one of the better episodes of this show represented here. Oh, really? In this. I think some of the episodes I watched were probably better than this one, which I think is good because this one's not bad. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this one more than I... I mean, I yeah. went into it like, I don't know, expecting to potentially be bored or something. I don't know why. I mm-hmm. just... I don't know. I, 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 My expectations weren't high and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. All right. And yeah. kind of funny sometimes. Yeah, um, I do think this one... This is an interesting show because it's not bombastic really in any way. Um, like it's not a wild or wacky show. It doesn't employ like tons of comedy, but it's not without it. Um, so like tonally, it's kind of uh, interesting because it's it's. Uh, I'm not sure like what it's most comparable to. Maybe of what we. I don't know if it's super comparable to anything we watch. No, because it's like it is more of like a comedy show um, than most shows we cover, but it's not as cartoony and energetic as ultimate spider-man is like ultimate spider-man probably is the closest comparison and i don't think that's a fair comparison because they're like wildly different in the in in the tones of comedy that they have like this show is just a little more fantastic four it's just a little more low-key and more just sort of like it is still a superhero show just with sort of like a family sitcom kind of edge to it yes um yes which is interesting yeah Yeah. i will likely watch more of it I kind of want just to watch the whole season, you know, there, there were individual episodes that like sounded really interesting. Like I want to watch the she Hulk episode. Um, mm-hmm. I saw like some clips from that in the behind the scenes special and it looked funny. Um, and some of just like, just reading the descriptions, like some of the concepts for episodes. Oh, yeah. no, it was an episode where the fantastic Four all shrink. Like, yeah, that sounds fucking rad. I, I want to check one. it out. I liked that one. Nice. And they do some clever things I wouldn't have expected with shrinking. So, Hmm. So yeah, I, I I enjoyed what I watched of it, um, and I 
generally enjoy this one too. So I was just curious if you ended up yeah watching any of it. I want to. Yeah, if I if I if I had more time, I would have. Honestly, I I, I was I was pretty pretty jazzed about it. <laughs> what were you preoccupied or something? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. A little bit about this show because I also do think that like where it. It, where it is in the history of like Marvel animation is, is interesting because the people that developed it are names that might be familiar to you. If you were watching a lot of Marvel cartoons from like the, the mid two thousands. Um, Cause this show was developed by Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost. Uh, Kyle is the producer. Yost is a story editor. Um, together like they they originally were well known together having written a lot of x-men comics uh they created the x-23 character which is a pretty big oh, deal wow like, yeah she's in a movie you know like it's, <laughs> um, it's 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 a known character and um, they also worked on various elements of the mcu thor films uh, apparently which is pretty cool i don't really know in what capacity i'm assuming some like story elements and stuff um but but they're credited on all three of them in one capacity or another but the thing about them is that they're kind of this main creative force behind all of those like mid 2000s Marvel shows, the shows that came out like before, you know, Ultimate Spider-Man and the Disney animated universe. Mm-hmm. But after, you know, like Fox Kids, Spider-Man and Spider-Man Unlimited and all that stuff. Um, so like they were collaborating on writing uh, for X-Men Evolution. And then after that show, they became very major either developers, producers or story editors on Avengers or Mightiest Heroes, Wolverine and the X-Men and Iron Man armored adventures Mm -hmm. um which are all kind of floating around you know at the same time this show even though they're not all in the same universe really yeah like they're often referred to i think as like the christopher yost universe because you know he's a major force in all of them even though not a literal cinematic universe or anything but like obviously related and probably similar dna shared there yeah I think their individual credits are also interesting because like these guys have done a ton of stuff like Kyle worked on a number of the animated Marvel DVD movies Hmm. um, that have come out throughout the years. He was an associate producer on the MTV Spider-Man show. I won't give him I I won't hold that against him because I don't think he was like a creative force on it majorly. Um, I don't think he wrote anything on it, Um, but he was also a story editor of the animated Pacific Rim series, which I've, I've never heard. If it's good one way or another, but like that's a cool thing that existed. Where is I, that? I think it just kind of came and went. It might have been. I think it was like a Netflix show or a, stream, huh. it's a streaming only show. It's one of those things that I think just kind of came mm. and went without much fair fanfare. That probably had nothing to do with the quality of the show. It's just the nature of the world of streaming. I wonder that we if live it's in. good. <laughs> I, I feel like really it curious. could be incredible. Like Pacific I, Rim would be such a good TV show. Yeah, I think you could make a really cool show out of it. I I, I really mm-hmm. have no idea. I would be very curious if, if that show was was good or not. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Yost also has, has some pretty wild uh, non Marvel credits. He has written on a ton of Star Wars shows, um, including The Mandalorian, Rebels, and The Bad Batch. Oh wow! So he's still working with Star Wars now. Um, he also developed and executive produced the live action Cowboy Bebop Netflix series. So like. Uh, kind of a mixed bag for both of these guys you know well, but okay. i haven't seen the cowboy bebop uh live action thing but i feel like i know people who really liked it and were disappointed at how it was received so i don't know i don't I've know heard, I, I keep meaning I, to watch it i know a lot of people who feel the exact opposite way too i think sure just, I think no doubt just, <laughs> just, just textbook divisive uh either way i yeah. mean either way that show i think wasn't treated very well i think it was like but like it, 
times, you know? Sometimes things are just like universally just sort of like, no, this is trash. But I feel like this is one where people are like, yeah, ah, I think maybe we could at least look at it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the probably the, the hatred towards it was not, was a little bit unwarranted ultimately. It's sort of like. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's yeah. a whole other... I don't doubt that there thing. are people who probably had, like, totally legit sort of, like, this could be better, who were like, I don't want to associate with, like, the people on the internet who are just, like, mad. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of the stuff that I and I know from that show... We're not together. I, I'm all, I, I, some of that show... Some of the stuff I know from the show, because I never... I didn't watch it, and people that uh-huh. I trust that I have similar tastes to who... Sure you know, I, who I, who have the same feelings about the Cowboy Bebop anime that I do mm-hmm. didn't like it for certain reasons. And the reasons that I know are sort of like, mm, I don't like that. So oh, gotcha. I, I'm good. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> Cause those yeah. are the things I always like to know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing that's one that, not the other thing. One, one of many things that's interesting about this show. Uh, this is a joint like French Canadian and American production. I, I don't, I feel like especially like during this time there was like, a little like kind of mini boom of these like sort of French animation productions. Cause this is around the time you get stuff like code Lyoko and like totally spies. Um, I think, you know, a few years earlier, like um, uh, cyber six had come out. Like, I, I think there was sort of like this, this like little minor influx of these yeah. like French animated French, like anime adjacent shows yeah. that were also like co-American productions. Yeah. There's also like 16 total drama um there's like another one like oh yeah, was total th- drama th- island is that was that a french that's a canadian production? show that's oh, canadian show god but yeah. still yeah 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 every um, once in a while there's like these little like waves you know yeah and the production company in this one it's moon scoop uh who's most famous for code lyoko which i think if you like watch the show you can you definitely can tell, <laughs> tell the, the 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 like long triangle faces that people have susan gives it away some of the characters you mm, can't tell but susan gives it away (laughs) it's there's some character designs that i really like in this show i like what the thing looks like i can't say i love sue's design personally well it's it's odd because you have some (laughs) characters that are very stylized versions of classic designs like thing i would say is a pretty stylized version of a classic thing right yeah then you have characters like reed who just look like you could drop them into any sort of like marvel or dc animated movie like Like he just has that vibe he's just a guy who is like clearly an anime inspired uh design um -hmm. and then you have susan and kind of johnny who are like like you said, the long triangle face. And with freak. Susan, like just the thinnest like cat-like eyes where you're like, you are from a different show. Yeah. Like you're just from a different show. A different universe. <laughs> they're like, are you sure they're not aliens? Like are they the yeah. scrolls? What are you, what's happening uh-huh. here? I, I mean, I don't mean to like, it's just, it's hot, it's stylized stuff. Some of, and some of this on this show looks great. That, that some designs just are not my jam. But I also felt the same way about Code Lyoko, I remember seeing that. I'm like, oh, sure. I, I'm just not into what these characters look like. I know people will love it, and I appreciate that. I've like, always meant to watch it. I don't like the design of Code Lyoko, but I can get past, you know, I can get past sure. designs I don't like if I like the show, and people really, really stump for that show. Yeah. Um, I think for me, in this one, it's just because there's such a wide variety that don't feel like they're all in the same spectrum <laughs> that I'm just like, uh, this, yeah. some of this feels so strange. Yeah, I think that is a big part of it. Like if um, everyone looked like Susan and Johnny, I would it would be easier yeah. for me to get over. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, oh, they don't have to look like this. They're just they're like siblings, these so. absolute fucking freaks in this world for some reason. Okay. Did the yeah. gamma radiation do that to them too? I <laughs> 
There is like, this is completely like a useless fact, but I just found it really uh funny because we're talking about like these like sort of reinvented designs and pushing boundaries and stuff. Apparently the animation studio wanted to give Sue Storm bubblegum pink hair. um, And Marvel was like, no, she's got to be a blonde. We dyed Jessica Alba's hair for this. You have to keep her (laughs) blonde. And I'm like, honestly, if she had bubblegum pink hair, I think it actually might look better on this, this freakish design a little bit i, I think know. it would i think it would fit her particular style i do think if you're gonna do things like that you know push everybody a little bit you know That's what i true. mean yeah um yeah so i think it would be weird if she was like the only one who had like a drastic change and it was bubblegum pink hair That's, but i don't true. hate the idea of bubblegum pink hair yeah. yeah, but it would be weird. It's sort of like you your one, it. your one girl on your team. Of course, she has <laughs> pink hair and, and, and triangle face yeah. and cat eyes. And then you got Reed, who's just like a dude. Like, yeah, yeah like exactly. everybody should be a, 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 <laughs> look like a fucking freak. Then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, uh, some other stuff that I just like re- kind of read about it. It's sort of the vibe that that we were talking about is that it like, seemed like there was sort of this intentional push to have like this like more of a collection of sitcom family archetypes turned superheroes rather than just doing like an action show, which I do think gives this show an interesting flavor that you can do with fantastic four that, that I think a lot of the stuff that has tried to adapt fantastic four, maybe failed like kind of misses where like, Mm They are, you know, they are this like family created in the sixties that happened to be superheroes, basically like the, what the Incredibles sort of did with that concept. Like that's what the fantastic four originally kind of was. And so I think you could really lean on that. And the show definitely does where a lot of it is just sort of like, what if these like four superheroes that also like kind of bicker, but love each other as family members, like got into these weird situations like this, you know, this episode, you know, there's plenty of action in it, but there's also just a ton of just like the four of them just hanging out at their compound, just like kind of arguing with each other and (laughs) and like poking fun at each other. And like, that's kind of fun. Like I kind of love like that domestic, like petty squabbling and stuff that they do like all, but all done with love. Like there's nothing edgy about it or anything either. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like that too. I think, I, I don't know if this hits the exact, like I, the exact balance, but it definitely hits it better than anything else. I've seen except for maybe the Incredibles, which I think like totally nails that aspect. And part of it might literally just be this show's age and the fact that it's like a mid aughts show. So like Mm -hmm. the tone of it feels that way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it is really fun to see them just like either them or like a running theme is like they're, problems with their neighbors because i guess like regular people live in an apartment beneath them which is so weird hysterical Um, actually i kind of love how stupid that concept is it's so stupid and i love that shit every time it's like neighbor drama i'm so here for it it's so Mm -hmm. funny to me yeah oh that's fun yeah yeah i love that and i think that was something i found really charming watching this episode you know there's none of the neighbor drama in this episode but like just the way that they like the stakes are kind of feels like kind of low like at least in this Mm -hmm. episode but it feels like maybe that's that's probably similar in other episodes too like where it you know like there are they do have to save the day and like there's like a potentially like city destroying threat at the end but like it's honestly just kind of secondary to just like these people just living their lives, like, which I, I, I love a lot. I think that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't have a reason for this. I never found why this is the case, but I <laughs> yeah. Do if know you this never too. caught this show, uh, <laughs> no yeah. surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember I remember seeing vague ads for it, but I don't think I ever saw a single episode on TV. That. And it's because it was apparently really hard to catch because the airing schedule was absolutely erratic and bananas and just off the wall. Um, you know, this was on Cartoon Network when it was airing in America. Obviously, it airs internationally as well. And so, like, sometimes it'll air internationally, like, months, sometimes years before it aired in America. Unbelievable. It was only, like, 26 episodes were produced. Um, it premiered in 2000, and, September 2006 as part of Toonami, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, ran for eight episodes before being pulled, I guess because of ratings, maybe. It then returned to the network in 2007 to promote the premiere of the uh, second Fantastic Four movie, Rise of the Silver Surfer, which, like, silly, but makes sense. That's kind of what they did with Spider-Man Unlimited, too, right? Like, they mm-hmm. didn't like it, pulled it, and then and then, then just aired a bunch of them, like, when, when a Spider-Man movie was about to come out. Like, <laughs> And that is know. the show you should base all of your production and release decisions on. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it's interesting how similar that yeah. is, you know, that situation. Sure. It's, it, it really is just sort of like, oh, you don't give a shit about this show at all. You are merely using it as a tool to capitalize on the product that you think will make you more money. Um God, you know. this is a show that would get shelved forever if it were in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. Like they would just shelve it and you'd never hear about it again if no one pirated it. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, too. Then like, they bring it back for the second Fantastic Four movie, but they only air nine more episodes. So that's what? Like six plus nine. That's like 18 Why not episodes. do a whole marathon? They're right. 20 minute episodes. Burn, just burn them off. If you don't care about them, just like burn <laughs> them the fuck off. So yeah. there's still like nine episodes that were never televised in the United States. Um, until they were just running reruns, I think in like 2009, 2010. So that's why if you look at the, at the air dates for this show that only ran for one season of 26 episodes, it spans from 2006 to 2010 in the U S which makes absolutely no goddamn sense. That is literally one 10 hour marathon. That's it. That's all it would take to burn the whole yeah. series. Just run it, run it like the day before <laughs> Fantastic Four comes out, and yeah. the movie, the, run it the day before a movie comes out. Like, go see Fantastic Four. Run all your Silver Surfer ads and stuff. Just so run it all weird. day, and then never show it ever again. At least it got shown once. Like, I don't. So bizarre. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, uh, television has always been a little broken, hasn't it? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that that's kind of all for like the history of this show, like on the Spider-Man end for how this ties into Spider-Man, because <laughs> Spider- Spider-Man's alter ego is technically, technically in this episode. Is he? <laughs> By all accounts, everywhere, everywhere on the internet, everyone has said that this is Peter Parker in this episode. Everyone but has. You know- and I think if you watch it, it's so clear <laughs> how much they almost make, they're, uh-huh. they're making a joke out of walking around, not naming him. And but I do. Th- what are you going to say? <laughs> do you know, do you know the one place it doesn't say that's Peter Parker? The credits. Yeah. The they credits they of the they, show. But, but they don't credit him. They don't credit him at all though. Do they, do they even credit a photographer at all? No, no. Yeah. So, I mean, right, that's the right. thing. To be fair, they do, they do not credit that is characters who are not the main cast. Here is my theory. Cause <laughs> I, I, I don't think he, it would have been listed as Peter Parker across every wiki everywhere, all over the place on every website. Without some sort of without, reliable source. Right. I, I think that someone on staff was sort 
sort of like, yeah, it's fucking Peter Parker. Like, yeah, I and think you're right. That it that is happened. clearly Peter Parker. And and I think the reason, the only reason that they don't, I think that this was all on purpose because they, if you know, I know in the show they, you know, Ant Man, She Hulk, Incredible Hulk, you know, other character Marvel characters make appearances, yeah. but. This isn't like, you know, they're producing, I don't know when the hell they're actually producing this. This aired in 2007. It started in 2006. I guess they're producing it around like 2005, 2006, right? That is in the middle of the Raimi trilogy. Like that's, they're probably producing this after Spider-Man 2 has come out. We know how messy the the rules for Spider-Man, like an ownership of like the animated rights has like historically been. So which you know, is the, so annoying yeah. because Spider-Man is so correct for the Fantastic Four. Right. I think he should show up in a Fantastic Four cartoon. But if this is during when the Raimi movies are being made, this is after the MTV show has ended. But before Spectacular Spider-Man premieres, this is definitely the period where Sony like fully owns the animation rights. I think that like they Spider-Man just wasn't allowed to appear in other cartoons at this time. Cause he doesn't, I don't, he's, he's not in, in any of the, he's not like in the X-Men cart in the Wolverine, and the X-Men, he's not in like X-Men evolution or anything. I don't think he shows up in any of these like non Spider-Man shows. I think I would have to double check. So I might be wrong, but I think he, you never see an appearance from Spider-Man in another non Spider-Man show God. during this period until the Avengers or Spidey's heroes show. And I think that's because, I mean, I guess I, I don't really know how they're able to work that out. I think that maybe it was during the train. No, I think that because they were producing it after Disney bought the rights because it was after Spectacular was over mm-hmm. and they got Josh Keaton because Ultimate Spider-Man hadn't come out yet. But it was during that period, I think, before before Ultimate Spider-Man had come out, but after they had Disney had bought the rights to the animation. So, yeah. So that would make sense. So yeah. that's why he doesn't. Yeah. So basically, long story short. Spider-Man will eventually be allowed to appear at Avengers stuff once Disney buys it. But this is during the period where Sony owns it. These Marvel shows aren't owned by Sony at all. So Spider-Man can't appear in them. The creators obviously want Spider-Man to appear. They go on to have Spider-Man appear in their other Avengers show (laughs) and give him a major spotlight. They obviously want him to show up. So the way that they work around it. in the Fantastic Four than most other things. Right. So the way they work around (laughs) it is by- want him here. (laughs) The way they work around it is by having an uncredited, unnamed Peter Parker, who is obviously Peter Parker, not do Spider-Man things, but do Peter Parker things in this episode and make a (sighs) big joke walking around how no one- wants to learn his name or knows his name, which I do think is a very funny joke. And honestly, a really fucking funny way to work around not being able to have Spider-Man in your show, but also kind of sticking it to the corporate overlords who don't allow you to do it. I do love that. Um, And none of this is news to me, but for some reason, maybe it's just specifically because it's the Fantastic Four, but like, I'm just so mad about it. Like, I'm so like, get over it. Like, it's so stupid. Because it would be fun to see what it would be like for this, you know, for this show to do Spider-Man Dude. too. Like what would a, what would a, a, a Spider-Man stylized in this show's style look like, you know? And Spider-Man Johnny Storm stuff is so much fun. Like yeah. all those old comics where the two of them are just like trying to outdo each other and everyone's like, can you two stop? You're being so fucking annoying. They're so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, and we do get a little bit of that in here. Like, obviously, they try to to have little like nods to that, and 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 it's great. I, none yeah. of you know, none of my anger is directed towards these creators. Like, no, like they, you said, this try. is a way of like sticking it, and I love that. Yeah, I, I like um, that a lot. I think it's honestly, damn. corporations suck, man. Did you know that? Oh, really? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, oddly Speaking enough, the corporations. Show, yeah, this show's not lost to time because you can <laughs> find it on our corporate overlord streaming service, Disney Plus. Yeah. Um. Well, for now, although shit just randomly is getting taken off the of streaming. Dude. Services, so who knows if it'll just wild be, shit. Like what a terrible. That's, what, a, 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 we already lived in a terrible time, but it's like only more terrible now. <laughs> like uh, yeah, recording yeah, this right yeah. in the middle of like writer's strike and streaming services do all this bullshit. Like yeah. y'all know what's up. Like it's everything's bad. Yeah. Yep, yep, everything's yep, yep. bad. <laughs> yeah, let down your sales, everybody. It's the only way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this episode we are talking about uh, finally. It is Fantastic Four: World's Greatest Heroes, Season One, Episode Nineteen, entitled "Frightful." Come on, why not? their headquarters or something it's not a competition johnny we're supposed to be saving lives not you can have that sound guy what's his name claw oh claw well maybe we can reed who do you want to beat up uh no one i'm sure the wizard and his team have the city's best interests at heart so magic pants wangs me with a coaster grabs all the glory and you guys side with him (laughs) everyone relax I found a way to get back in the good graces of our fans. Uh, would that be by helping people? No. I mean, I mean, I mean, yes. But also by making sure we get credit for it. This guy's a freelance photographer. Hi, my name's... Yeah, whatever. So the plan is he follows me around and takes photos whenever I save the day. <laughs> Genius, right? Uh, Johnny, I don't think that... Hey, 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 hey. Trust me, it's foolproof. That should not have happened. Oh, great. Okay, camera guy. We're trying this again. We're gonna prove I am not dangerous. Let's go save some people in really, really cool ways. Make me look good, whatever your name is. This episode is listed as episode 18 on Disney+. Plus. Um, as far as I can tell, this was aired 19th. It was produced 19th. Uh, Disney Plus has like the second episode that's called Mole Hatton, which is a funny name for an episode, like mm-hmm. bumped to after this one for some reason. It might have something to do with like international air dates or whatever. Who fucking knows? I think this episode is mostly episodic anyway. So like it probably doesn't even yeah. matter what it, the air dates super are. Super so. doesn't. Super yeah, doesn't. So it doesn't matter. If you're watching on Disney Plus, it's episode 18. It's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. This The synopsis per IMDb, short and sweet, a new superpowered quartet upstages the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Perfect. Original air date was August 18th, 2007 internationally. Which was, and this is not even getting to the U.S. air date, but just funny enough, if you want to get even internationally how erratic the uh, schedule was, uh, that was aired two and a half months after the previous episode and then one month before the next episode. What the fuck? Who watched this? And then three years later in the United States on January 27th, 2010, that's when the U.S. viewers were able to watch it. I'm assuming probably only Boomerang or something. What the fuck? I know. I know. This episode, like this series, started airing 
I think like when I was in high school and finished airing, like when I was graduating college That's and there's only absurd. 26 episodes. Absurd. Unbelievable. Absurd. <laughs> <sighs> uh, in the pantheon of shows that got treated like shit, I feel like maybe this deserves a spot. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty high up there. It's pretty high up there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh this episode was written by Len Yuli, who has a pretty hefty, um, pretty hefty resume. Uh he's been writing on cartoons since 1976 and still writing now. Like Damn. we've run into, you know, we've run into writers when we, when we do like amazing friends and stuff like that. We're sort of like, yeah, they've been writing since, you know, the sixties or whatever. But it's pretty rare, I think, to have people who've been active writers on cartoons like from the seventies to currently working now, like not retired or anything, which is pretty wild. Well, yeah, because talking about them for the 90s show is a matter of 30 years. Now we're going on 50 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So good for him. I mean, so as you would expect, his IMDb is huge and he's pretty much touched like every major show you could think of. Like some good, some bad, but like he's done a little bit of everything. He spans mm-hmm. from action cartoons to preschool cartoons. Um, some of his many, many credits include like basically all of the major Disney afternoon shows from the late eighties to early nineties, you know, it's so, like the Winnie the Pooh show, DuckTales, Tailspin, all of those he wrote on all, wrote on all of those shows. Um, he wrote on the shitty third season of Gargoyles. That's not in continuity anymore. Oh. Um, <laughs> unfortunately he wrote on justice league, <laughs> which was like, yeah. what a wild jump <laughs> to go from like Disney afternoon to like justice league. Yeah. He wrote on static shock. He Ooh. wrote on the bat, the Batman. Um, he wrote on the 2002 he man. So it's funny that like he could have written on the original he man and he could have written on the 2002 yeah. he man and he could have written on the Netflix one. Cause he's still working now. Like yeah. it's just wild. Um, he's written some transformers, some Ben tens. He's also written a bunch of veggie tales. Weirdly enough. Um, he's written some Octonauts, some some hello (laughs) kitty. And here's a throwback for you. Here's a throwback for you. Robocop alpha commando. Yo, it's been years. (laughs) Yeah. We haven't mentioned a Robocop cartoon in such a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be all over the place in, uh, in, in past years at the Mm -hmm. beginning. And that's not even talking about his Marvel credits because for Marvel specifically, he's written for the nineties, uh, Iron Man and X-Men cartoons he wrote on. Um, and then he wrote on all the other, you know, Christopher Yost, uh, Craig Kyle shows, Iron Man, Armored Adventures, Wolverine and the X-Men and Avengers, uh, Avengers United, they stand. So, uh, he's been working closely with them for a long time. Every episode of the show is directed by Frank Michelle. Uh, I think he's just like kind of works with uh, the production company. Uh, what's the name? Moon Scoop. I cannot remember that it was called <laughs> Moon Scoop. I think he probably just works with Moon Scoop. Um, but uh, he's he's mostly worked on French productions, understandably. Uh, so he's on, uh, worked on shows called like Funky Cops, which is apparently uh, I think was a pretty popular show that did air in America. Like it was dubbed and aired in America at some point. He also worked on Lace Podcasts, which I keep wanting to say podcasts, Podcat. but it is Podcasts. Uh, and I think most recently, Team Drony X. Um, not really familiar with any of those, Drony but you know, I think they're major things uh, in France uh, and or Canada. <laughs> My brain fully could not process that word as anything other than Dronix until you said it. So thank you. Oh, it could be Dronix. I don't know. No. Why would the X be capitalized? You That's know? true. Drony I think. X. You're right. Yeah. Also, I'm sure you flawlessly pronounced all of those show names. Lace Podcasts. <laughs> I mean, look, that's what it says, man. I couldn't do better. 
I didn't. I wasn't going to try. <laughs> How do you pronounce funky cops in French? A cab. Sorry, a cob. Um, <laughs> well, every okay. Here's the thing. We've never covered an episode of this show, so every single character yeah. is new to us. Sure. So I'm not going to deep dive into all yeah. of them. But I will cover, yeah. obviously, the Fantastic Four yeah. um, and our uh, freelance photographer. Yeah. And then I'll shout out some other folks as well. Yeah. So, And it's all like a pretty much exclusively Canadian cast, yes. which is yeah. fun. Yeah. So actually, it's, it's basically all Canadian folks. Um, and so to be quite honest, I'm sure we have folks in Canada who listen to this. I don't know some of your shows, so it's hard for me sometimes to gauge like what's a significant credit. So I'm sure there are more significant Canadian credits than some of the things that I'm calling out yeah. that are like exclusively American credits. But all these people are like Canadian actors. Yeah. It sounds like they're all kind of like Vancouver actors, makes especially. Sense. And a lot which, of them work with the same companies, um, yeah, which makes, makes tons of sense. Like Vancouver is like really similar. Like things that people say like about Canada's like the, Hollywood, right? Right. Well, well, yeah. But also like the things, the things that people say about like the UK where it's sort of like there's nine actors in the UK and they all show up in the same British shows. It's like if there's a show that's shot in Vancouver, like you're going to see all the same people in it. Like if you watch <laughs> like any, yeah. any, all of my favorite genre shows that shot in Vancouver Smallville, from like the nineties to the two thousands, all the same actors <laughs> appear in all of them, sometimes Stargate. in multiple roles. Like they're all, yeah. Like there's that group of actors that you're just going to be like, I've seen them guest in every show I've ever yeah. loved that happened to, you know, need to be shot somewhere that like needed some moody lighting and a lot yep. of rain. Like, <laughs> yep. That's definitely the case for a number of these folks, uh, especially yeah. this first one. Uh, uh I know Reed this Richards. guy very well. What's that? I, I said I know this guy very, very well. <laughs> sure. I mean, I recognize this guy too, um, just because I, I, he's been in so many things. You know what I mean? You're like mm-hmm. bound to to intersect with him. But our Reed Richards, aka Mister Fantastic, is voiced by Hiro Kanagawa. He was the principal Kwan on Smallville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like we just mentioned, and like everyone we're about to mention, he's appeared in basically anything that notably filmed in Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> many things, like you said, relevant to yourself, X-Files, Sliders, and Godzilla, the movie, the 2014 movie, um, but also Caprica, Kim's Convenience, um, basically anything that anything that filmed in, in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, and he's also a playwright and a writing professor. Oh, cool. Which is nice. Take his writing classes. Yeah. I feel like all these folks, and maybe this is just the case with like the the like the Canadian group of actors or the Vancouver group of actors, like they all kind of just seem like regular people who also act. <laughs> you know what I mean? So As opposed funny. to like Hollywood people. Sure, sure, yeah, I kind of dig that. Yeah, me too. Um, Susan Storm, aka the Invisible Woman, is voiced by Lara Gilchrist. Uh, she also appeared on Smallville. She played someone named Madeline Hibbins in the episode mm. Spell. Uh, it was a very small role. Okay. <laughs> I know. I was like, it's, she played a witch, which is really fun, who gets burned at stake, but then she possesses someone later, so you really only mm. see her in the okay. like, opening teaser. I was like, I got to include the details just in case, because like, I wouldn't be surprised if Derek knew. And you did. <laughs> Uh, she also had a recurring role for about a dozen episodes of Battlestar Galactica. She voiced Emma Frost in Astonishing X-Men and has appeared in episodes of Stargate Atlantis, Supernatural, and Bates Motel. She's also a stage actor and has done all sorts of commercial work that seems like it's like I, maybe potentially iconic Canadian commercial stuff. You know how there's just like those commercials where like everybody knows? Yeah. yeah um, sure. It sounds like she's done some of that stuff. It just didn't mean that much to me. So I think right. one of them was like Edmonton Oilers uh stuff which is a big deal like to be 
potentially like the voice of a major hockey team. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So also uh, Ben Grimm, the thing voiced by Brian Dobson. Uh, he voiced Skeletor in that 2002 He-Man uh, and Masters of the Universe series. He also voiced Lex Luthor in Crypto the Superdog, uh, which will come up again, I guess, like everything else uh, these folks have done. And he voiced Majin Buu in the ocean dub of Dragon Ball Z. I didn't, I mean, this is my, <laughs> I, I didn't know that the ocean dub went through the Boo saga. I thought that they had stopped dubbing it before then. That's interesting. I mean, I don't, it's, I don't know a ton about Dragon Ball Z really other than I watched uh, it, you know, at the time. So I, I didn't realize that the ocean dub went that long, actually, before I, Funimation did it. I think, okay, I think it's weird. I would advise this, I, you are probably more equipped to to read about this stuff than i am maybe, um, I, I think there was maybe some overlap stuff some of those dubs for shows like that oh, i yeah. just am like what the fuck is going on oh like yeah, i don't pretend to be i'm i, I cannot wild. pretend to be an expert on especially D, I, dbz stuff i know that it's complicated there's what like I know. so many dubs yeah and i know that i've watched <laughs> I watched the original Funimation dub as it, not the original, oh no, I shouldn't say the original. No, well, yeah, the first Funimation dub yes. that wasn't, not the ocean dub. I watched the first Funimation dub that aired on Cartoon Network right. in the 90s. And that's pretty much where, and then maybe I've seen a little bit of the second Funimation dub when it was Kai, but yeah. never watched the, the ocean dub and never, never really watched much after that. Right. That's all I know. That's and I do believe knowledge. there was a period, somebody out there knows all this shit, like knows their shit for sure, mm-hmm. but he is not the Majin Buu that I think you or I yeah. will like that you intersected with or that I will intersect with as I make my way through Dragon Ball, which is actually a new development. I don't think anybody on the podcast has heard no, yet no that I'm like, making my way through that. Dropped a bomb that you're making your way through I know. Dragon Ball right now. I know. I know. But so <laughs> I have not heard his Majin Buu, but I would not be surprised based on just how it seems people get into Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z if I eventually get curious and try to find various will, performances you know what i, I mean i will be curious because the majin buu performance in funimation is like really distinct and i wonder if like i but i feel like it's like a character that you could have a take on you know like i wonder if for it's sure different or not for sure yeah well i mean i'm fascinated by the fact that like this is a tangent but i'm fascinated by the fact that like some actors are in multiple dubs but aren't but it's not like whole casts necessarily yeah, that is fascinating. like christopher sabat like mm-hmm. and so then he's like did two separate dubs of Vegeta and I'm like this is this is all so weird. so messy, yeah. um, but I get it if it didn't start off kind of the way you wanted it to and you have the mm-hmm. ability to do it better the way you wanted to like why not redub it or whatever but sure it's wild it's a wild world that I knew nothing about two weeks ago and now I know too much um, look I'm so excited for you that's so fun <laughs> I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would so yeah uh, anywho. Uh, both of his brothers, Michael and Paul, are also voice actors. Um, and uh, <laughs> I forgot that I put, I forgot I put the note Italian tomato and lettuce Yo, when I when I that? when I looked up Brian Dobson on IMDb. I felt like it was an unfortunate uh, thing that one of his like well known for things was for Sausage Party, where he voiced Italian tomato oh. and lettuce. Oh, and I was like, no. if I were him, I, I feel like I would try to like not have that be one of my first well-known credits because he's done way cooler yeah. shit. Oh, that's such a bummer. <laughs> that's such a bummer. I mean, but it, you know what though? I it, but I feel like I it makes it, sense though. from a business standpoint because that was a huge. It's movie a larger that yeah. has weirdly got a lot of good, yeah. like good reviews somehow. So like, I don't really. I mean, 
I get I, it, but yeah, I understand why you would, but I wish that that wasn't the case. Look, I know I would recommend the uh, Bechtel cast episode on the sausage party that came out pretty recently. It's very funny and very good. And I think uh, nails the well, weird anomaly that is sausage. Party. My initial thought was to say that he played these iconic characters in your favorite animated movie, but that would have meant nothing to anyone because they can't read our text message conversations. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> where we were talking about that exact episode. Yeah. Um, obviously we get a Johnny Storm slash Human Torch. He's voiced by Christopher, I forgot to look up how to say this, Jacot, Jacot, Jacot. Sure. Uh, he starred in Myth Quest, not Mythic Quest, hmm. uh, which is a show that was described as uh, two characters who get drawn into actual myths when they enter the Cyber Museum and encounter Gorgos, a trickster god who wants to destroy the world by changing famous myths. That sounds like the best and most convoluted <laughs> show ever made. I want to watch it. Right? And what's funny is I felt like when I was looking stuff up about it, not looking at it, but just like looking at the like synopses and details, I was like, this kind of sounds like a really fucked up weird wishbone where they're like traveling <laughs> to different myths, you know what I mean? Was this live action? Like a PBS show. It was live action. Yeah, live action sounds... like PBS, like it was on PBS here, but like children's show that I think probably taught kids about various myths throughout the world. The title sounds really familiar, but like I I mean I I don't I don't think I ever watched it cuz the not. actual plot sounds familiar. I really yeah. I'm very curious. I'm Me sure too. it was like low budget and weird and silly but like it I love sounds that. it's just it sounds like such a convoluted premise for just yeah. like exploring myths, you know? Like, why like, is it a cyber museum? <laughs> yeah, why cyber If everything museum? is like mythical and fantastical, why is it a cyber museum? <laughs> it was probably it was probably the 90s yeah. and it was like virtual reality also, is the the jam. Is Gorgos something? If you're going to do a trick God and explore myths. Why are you Loki. not just using Loki? Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Gorgos. So I have many questions that I might seek out answers to. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also portrayed Matt Oleander on Degrassi: The Next Generation, um, and Larry in Eureka, and he was part of the main cast for four out of the five seasons of Slasher, which is a horror anthology series, kind of akin to American Horror Story, where every mm. season is its own story. Gotcha. Uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, never heard of it. Uh, he was also in exactly one episode of Mutant X, the Avi Arad produced not X-Men live action show about mutants, which I think you've brought up before, mm-hmm. uh, where he played the younger version of John Shea's vaguely Professor X character. <laughs> I just think that show is fascinating. Yeah, it's a fascinating show for sure. So that's our, our Fantastic Four. We do get a uh, character who's ostensibly Peter Parker. He is, he is. Um, and he is voiced by Sam Vincent. Uh, he is the voice of Double D in Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Lloyd in uh, the back half of the Lego Ninjago series. So still about like six or seven seasons. And he voiced mm-hmm. Steel in the 2013 Max Steel series. It's so funny because when you look at this guy, like you wouldn't think that his thing is voicing like teenagers or like spunky kids. Uh, mm-hmm. But that seems to be like most of what he does. He's also voiced Crypto in that Crypto the Superdog series, Pidge in the 2011 huh. Voltron Force series, and several voices in the 2014 Eternals motion comic, which only really felt relevant because one of the characters is Sprite. So it's okay. just funny. Like he just looks like a gruff dude, but he's, he, you know, the, whatever so voices he does are not reflective of his sort of like image. That's hilarious. Yeah. I know. It's great. Um, and of course, he's done plenty of anime series and video games. I say, of course, because most of these folks have at least dipped their toes into that. Yeah. He's also Herbie in this show, right? The robot. Yes, the, he like, is Herbie. Yeah. yeah. So he's fun. actually, he is a regular 
cast member because yeah. he is Herbie. Yeah, I could I could hear I didn't really hear like Double D when I was when he was Peter Parker, but I could definitely hear Double D in Herbie yeah. <laughs> when he's like screaming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so true. Yeah. Um, a couple other characters I just want to call out because they are very regular characters, at least from what I saw. Alicia Masters, um, Ben Grimm's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very regular in the show. She's voiced by Sunita Prasad, who is in Unreal, Picture Perfect Mysteries, and Martha Vineyard Mysteries, mm-hmm. which are both canadian mystery shows um she's in it a lot which i really like uh courtney uh who is the fantastic four's uh, obnoxious downstairs neighbor who is in this episode but probably didn't register as anybody important (laughs) uh is voiced by laura drummond who hasn't really done much voice acting at all which i found shocking because she puts everything into this courtney character who's like Uh this shrieky like old lady who hates the fantastic four not because she's a villain but because she's her name like their neighbor yeah amazing she's only there because she's brian drummond's uh wife i think she she probably does stuff with sure him. and he's I and mean, he does so much shit yeah yeah um, yeah no it makes perfect sense like how she ends up here but the yeah. fact that she doesn't do a lot of this i'm like holy fuck that's so fun like she I love that i i would love to watch her because it just feels like She's just going nuts in the studio. <laughs> like it's love great. It. I love it so I much. To, I need to watch an episode with her actually in it. She's yeah. not in this one, is she? She's in it at the very beginning. She's the one who's like yelling at her husband in the car. Oh, in, like, that's traffic. her. I didn't yeah. realize that was, that was who that was. Okay, because that is yeah. that is a funny, funny way to oh that's what I when I when I turned this on and that was like the first scene of the episode, yep. I was sort of like, okay, this show's gonna be fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh no, like, she's honk a, your horn. She is a regular <laughs> character in this show. It's great. I love her. <laughs> I love her so much. Courtney is such a weird old lady name. Like I it's feel like, like not an know, old lady name. Yeah, like I only have ever <laughs> known people my age or younger named Courtney. Like it's yeah, such a, I feel so like Courtney odd. Cox Arquette is like the oldest Courtney I can think of, yeah. and like she's known for being one of the friends. Yeah, like, it's, so it's not weird. exactly like old energy, you know? Right. That's so funny. What an odd, <laughs> what an odd choice to name an old lady character. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's great, though. I love it. Um, and then we also get a Frightful Four. So, I mean, on top of getting a bunch of new characters, we also have four villains. Uh, Wizard, Claw, Trapster, and Dragon Man, who are voiced by Jonathan Holmes, Andrew Francis, Sam Vincent, and Dragon Man just isn't credited, so I'm not sure who's doing he just um, grunts, his so grunts and screams anyone, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like some shows it would be like, oh, that's Fred Tattashore, of course. Sure. Um, yeah. But they don't. I didn't find credits for him. I'm sure somebody sure. out there knows, but I wasn't going to do a deep dive. Yeah. He doesn't say much. No. <laughs> doesn't really say anything. He just makes no. noises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we get into this? Yes. Let's do it finally. Okay. <laughs> An so hour this, in. <laughs> I know, right? Look, it, we're doing like uh, basically a whole series in one episode because all the production notes yeah. and the whole cast, you know? I don't know the actual episode discussion will be that long either. Honestly. I don't think so. I think, I think this is all. I think this was a front loaded one yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been a fascinating thing to watch. So I hope this at least encourages or makes people curious. Yeah. Uh, so this episode opens with a good old fashioned traffic jam on a bridge, and surprise, surprise. I say this because I know Courtney's causing a scene. You all know Courtney, right? From all of our previous coverage. Yeah, uh, it's Courtney, everyone. <laughs> 
I, yeah, turn on the turn on the episode. I was like, "Ooh, that's Courtney." <laughs> oh, Courtney, sure. <laughs> well, of course, the bridge begins to collapse and vehicles start plunging towards the river. Before they hit the water, four heroes arrive to save the day. But guess what? It's not the Fantastic Four. It's the Wizard Four, who definitely aren't villain coded in any way. No, everything's totally fine. Totally um, fine. While we're at the beginning, can I, t- I want to talk about a couple of things. Yeah. I love that there's a title card for the show. I, yeah. I know that the show does it for every episode and I love that because that's I, such an old school thing that should be done. I think should be done more for some shows because I think it's such a fun, fun little flourish. Yeah. But. Well, what's funny about that is that I only for some reason like noticed and internalized that for this particular episode, probably because this is the one I was watching like intently. Mm-hmm. Um. But for some reason, like, I just didn't notice they were doing that and then was like, oh, my God, I need to go back and, like, look at all the title yeah. cards because title it's cards fun. are so fun. It's just a thing that's gone out of style. And I understand why because it's just, like, it's yeah. an extra few seconds that you can't use for oh, story. No. It's expen- – you know, it's it's a slightly more – it's, like, a, an expense to either animate or draw or make, you know, make some yeah. kind of art for just a, 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 a splash thing that, like, you don't need. I understand why you don't do it more commonly, but – because it's so it's rare, it's just such a joy to see that on screen. Because it's just yeah. like, yeah, a fun little piece of art that tells you what's going to happen in the episode, and just feels yeah. like such a nice throwback. I love it. Yeah, uh, we'll have to highlight the the uh, title card. Oh, definitely will. That said, I much love the title card. The actual like intro to the show, I it's interesting in that it's like this like low key like s- kind of spy song that yeah. I don't really I mean all the music the at music least in this, this episode show is is a little weird interesting it's like, it's like jazz it's just like a lot of jazz well, it's a or lot of jazzy ja- it's, it's a lot of like low key jazzy stuff and then occasionally it'll be kind of random because there's like parts of the episode later where it's like like just a western guitar for no reason <laughs> like and I don't really understand like they're all just like weird kind of piecemeal choices that I don't get yeah um, and I sort of wonder like this, I'm just kind of talking about it my ass here, but like, I feel like some other, I, when I think of the other, some other like shows that are sort of in this era or like the French produced shows, like totally spies had a cool song, but I feel like I remember like Code Lyoko and stuff like that and stuff around then, like the music also just being like, just like these sort of low key, like tech techie kind of songs, but like, like jazz nothing that meets was, techno meets spy music. Yeah. And like stuff that like isn't really like an ear an earworm. And it's like it's not an earworm at all, which feels weird to me because it's like, but it's a theme song for a children's cartoon. Like, wouldn't you want it to be a song that kids could at least hum, even if there's no music like us lyrics to it to sing or anything? Like, I don't know. I just I don't really understand, and it also doesn't really fit this show at all. But I don't know. Yeah, this not really. Yeah. Look, not everything can be spectacular. No. <laughs> I do like that the thing is like juggling children in the intro, like in one of the clips. I thought that was really funny. That's like from an episode. I'm a, I assume that it probably was. It. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> well, shortly after the events of this bridge collapse, during one of Reed Richards' lectures on unstable molecules, his students start asking all sorts of questions about the Wizard 4. Reed, frustrated, because he's like, uh, kind of like, I, I don't know a ton about the Fantastic Four, but he's kind of portrayed as like this like socially awkward... Uh, like hyper focused, just kind of like sciencey nerd in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets frustrated because no one wants to talk about uh, unstable molecules, so he just kind of like leaves the class, and then gets shown up by one of the wizard four when an elevator cable at the school snaps. Specifically, this is Dragon Man, I think. Yeah, it is, and I think it's kind of funny that like Dragon Man. 
I love that everyone's just immediately so accepting of this like terrifying creature that just lifts up an elevator. Like it's like not even <laughs> a be- for especially given like the, one of the core concepts of Fantastic Four is that like oh no the thing is like looks so terrifying horrific. and ugly to people. He's horrific, and you have just like giant like like genuinely like I think it's a really fucking cool as hell design but it's genuinely like a freaky looking big dragon dude just like shows up and everyone's just cheering for him and it's like you know how do you know like why do you not I'm like it's cool that that happened but also like it's weird that their first instinct isn't that he like did this or something like that or he's no he's gonna eat them like (laughs) no you know what though it just clicked for me like there were parts of this episode where I was like why is no one reacting to anything? Like, this is so bizarre. But the, for some reason, the way you specifically said that, like, it just clicked to me, like, how fucking funny that is. Yeah. Like, these are obviously villains. And yeah. there's a point at which it's sort of like, yeah, duh. And it's that like, for some reason, it only, cl- I'm like having, I'm like, the whole episode is like flashing back in my head. And I'm like laughing now about how just absolutely absurd it is. It is. You're like right. This- like, no one ever mentions him yeah at all <laughs> it's like no one even questions the fact that there is a fucking dragon man called dragon man that's a giant dragon like like you could forget the robot part of it like nobody knows the robot side no. of it just the fact honestly the robot side of it probably makes it more understandable like the fact that this is just seems to just be either just a genetically engineered man that's a dragon or do dragons actually exist now or are there dragon human hybrids? Did somebody fuck a dragon and this is their kid? Like there's so many questions that no one, everyone's just like, Oh yeah. He like lifted the elevator. So he's a hero. We love him. Yeah. He's cool. And that's it. And that's where it stops. And I also love that for the universe because that means dragon people can live among us and not be marginalized for being dragon people, you know? Yeah. Look, maybe he was just programmed to be bad. He might not necessarily be bad. So he could could (laughs) live him. There are no bad dragons, just bad programming. Yeah, yeah. That is funny, though, because I wasn't really thinking of that as, like, a joke. But, like, yeah, it kind of is. Like, the whole think episode is. is just, like, they are so... It's But it's, like, it's played weirdly subtly, I think. Well, I guess a lot of the show's like humor is, is pretty subtle, I don't subtle, know. Actually. I don't... I mean, maybe. But, like, it was... I think it was so much more subtle than a lot of the stuff they do that I, like, didn't even really... Mm-hmm. Didn't even really, like, catch on to how funny that is. Yeah. I was I I took it at face value and was like this it's is actually weird. maybe yeah. frustrating like maybe this isn't one of the better episodes of the show but maybe it's actually a better episode of the show yeah because you almost like yeah but 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 like <laughs> it makes a lot of sense the absurdity of just like just how quickly everyone is just like yeah these are great and better than it's the very for it's very Mysterio it's, it's very Mysterio, incredibly yeah. Mysterio yeah. <laughs> it so is. It's so Mysterio. Okay, maybe like, I actually you know, love this episode like a yeah. lot. A lot. <laughs> it's honestly even like worse in, in in a funny way. Like it's more like like Springfield or something. Like it's just totally absurd. Like everyone in the universe except for the heroes are idiots because like Mysterio. <laughs> like at the like it is 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 we make we make so much fun of like when Mysterio is just like everyone just immediately loves him and hates Spider Man. Yeah. But he at least like isn't obviously a villain like he's That's he's true. not like obviously coded in every possible way visually as a villain like with these people it's like it's not even that they aren't really do it like they help save an elevator and a bridge or whatever which like cool they also are just like styled as the most villainous looking villains ever <laughs> like yeah. there is something really yeah. funny about it and just how quickly like no one even bats an eye no one even asked their name it's just sort no. of like Oh, you're a good guy. You're our favorite now. <laughs> Fuck you, Fantastic Four. Like it's just yeah. the way that it took me a second. I'm, this is funny. It's a realization in real time. It yeah, took me a second, really but funny. actually, I love it. 
Yeah, it's so it's funny because now my notes will be like sort of colored by when I was like mildly frustrated by it. And there mm-hmm. are a couple details I remember that will still be a little bit frustrating, yeah. but mostly I actually love it. <laughs> but even like, yeah, and even even all like the Reed students like asking him about like these other this other like random obvious villains pretending to be a hero. And like, like, wh- first of all, why the fuck are you asking Reed Richards about this rando other superhero guy anyway yeah. like it, it's just like the absurdity of how obsessive they suddenly get and yeah. how much they fawn over them immediately at the expense of the Fantastic Four for no reason at like this point the Fantastic Four have beloved. like who are incredibly beloved and they also have like nothing to do it's not like they fought the bad guys at this point like right. they have nothing to do with it so it's actually like extra hilarious <laughs> right. people are sort of like we're only allowed to like one team of superheroes at a time we you can't like a both them, yeah you only like one foursome if you like them we don't like you now like yeah it's, that's it's, so it's true really, it's so absurd yeah they haven't even it. built up to like the argument that the fantastic four suck right like that's they don't so even have funny. to do anything like that's how fickle God, this people is actually are. brilliant amazing yeah amazing yeah amazing yeah. <laughs> so good um also worth noting that like in rapid succession after reed richards is sort of showed up by dragon man johnny gets shown up by one of the the four susan gets shown up by one of the four thing gets shown up by one of the four right so they all get shown mm-hmm. up in some way publicly um, and in Susan's case, Susan's case specifically, the one who beats her to the to a fire is Claw. Um, he is also a sexist dickwad, like right to her face. So if for <laughs> some reason you didn't already know they were villains, like this is the clue where it's like, oh, actually they suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Well, even like with the thing thing, the thing thing, the thing thing. <laughs> like I, that one also is like the fact that like. It's not even just that they're getting to like these things first. It's that like they're also like pranking the thing and like making him fall over yeah, in it's like, like full goo- slapstick. It's like full slapstick, but it's also like yeah, it it's it but it's even extra obvious that it's like no, they are literally sabotaging the Fantastic 4 like clearly mm-hmm. like vividly in front of everyone and no one cares as long as this guy catches the cat first. That's all that matters. Like it's mm-hmm. just yeah, it's it's funny. It's I, yeah. I'm never I'm I I also I'm just picking up on how absurd it all is as we're talking about it. Yeah. It's I don't know <laughs> why did it hit us so late? I, I don't, don't know. know I don't but know. I'm glad it is. I would have yeah. hate to I would have hated to go through this whole episode and then like after the fact be like Wait a oh, second. Funny, Did we not actually. get it? <laughs> yeah. Are we are we the problem? Are we, here, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I, I like this scene too, because back at the Baxter building, Susan and Johnny are like arguing over like how to confront or like deal with the four. But I really like that like the way that they're doing it is just like they obviously have their like own personal vendettas for which one like showed them up yeah. and like Susan like like verbatim asked Reed like Reed who do you want to beat up <laughs> like it's not even it's not even like how do we deal with this threat it's right. just sort of like I hate this guy which one do you want to which one do you want to fuck up yeah, man whose ass do you want to kick <laughs> right yeah. I love that <laughs> and I love Great. that it's Susan who's the one who's like the most aggressive about it all too mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know what I don't like what I don't like Johnny's voice very much. Not that I don't like the actor himself, but his performance is really grating to me because he's like, I noticed it especially in this scene because like uh, it it would even make sense for the tension for like you know for to be like kind of hot tense and for more yelling and stuff. Sure, but like Johnny is his he's constantly at a yelling level for sure. every single line he ever says that like it almost 
ends up feeling like monotone in a real weird way. Cause it's sort of like, Oh, every line is just like up to 11 constantly yelling. So then when you're in a scene where you should be like upset and yelling, it just sounds like how you normally say every other line. And I think like, I don't hate it like a ton, but it was something where it's sort of like, I appreciate the voice acting of everyone else. And I, I no, kind of can't I, get behind this one. I don't really No, like I this. totally get you though, because I have similar, but kind of in the other direction feelings about Reed. And it's making me realize I have similar feelings about both of them. I feel like both of them need more variance in their performances. Like yeah. Johnny needs to come down a little bit sometimes and Reed, I get, I get the performance, right? But I also feel like occasionally I'm going to need you to come up a little bit because it is a lot for a whole series for you to be like really at the same level constantly. Right. Um, so yeah. I think that what you were feeling with Johnny is what I was feeling with Reed, but just like they, they could balance each other out. They could borrow from each other a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I love, I love Ben though. His, uh, his voice yeah. acting. I love his voice. And uh, Susan doesn't get a ton of emotion, but she's fun. I think she's fun. I think the show just generally could do Susan better, but I think that she, her performance is good. She gets yeah. highs, lows. She, you know, she gets to do it all. Mm-hmm, for Which sure. Good. Speaking of Reed, he's kind of like, I don't think they need to be confronted at all. Um, and then mm. Thing walks in on the conversation. And he's like, yeah, I also like hate them and want to kick their ass. Whose asses are we going to kick now, guys? Um, and Reed takes note uh, and interest in some of the tech they left behind. So Yeah, I think Wizard leaves something behind and then Thing walks in with like pizza covered in whatever. Trapster oh, the trapster goo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. This mm-hmm. trapster is so weird. I mean, he loves the goo. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, is the next scene because uh, it's it's it doesn't matter, so it's not in your notes. Uh, the soccer bit. Um, there's nothing that happens other than just yeah. the Wizard Four or just annoying the Fantastic Four. Can I yes. just say, first of all, I saw the thing in like a soccer outfit and a little cap. Oh, it's adorable! I love it. And then. And then it gets even better because then Dragon Man's in a little soccer cap and an outfit. He's wearing a shirt and no pants, and it's the most cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And he's hanging out with the soccer kids, <laughs> and I wanted to die. I best. do love that, and I do appreciate that. And I'm really glad that they both got that like moment, that, that their costuming moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it does remind me, I also want to talk... I don't need to talk about all their costumes. I do oh, sure. need to talk about Thing's costume. It is weird. Like... His sort of like standard Fantastic Four pants. Why mm. do they look like that? It, it like he has um, like yeah. he has pants and like they are like almost flared pants, which is weird for 2006. I feel like um, I don't well boot cut. I feel like jeans it's like kind of late. Well, that's true. I guess boot cut jeans, but like it yeah. looks really strange on him. And then what's especially weird is he has this like white triangle on his crotch that looks like his pants are constantly open and he can't button them. Which, like, is a fun thing to think about, but it is such a bizarre design choice. I mean, I, I'm I'm always in favor of Thing not having pants and just having the trunks, personally. No, I'm with you. But I'm with you. If he's going like, to have pants, this? then yeah, keep it simple. I agree. If he's going to have pants, so strange. Pants. Just got this really, really conspicuous white triangle that just looks like his, his fly's open. Yeah, that is a little like, weird. Like, fully open. It's really weird. 
kind of funny. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if things fly was it. open, but it yeah. is a weird design choice. For sure. If that's what it was, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. I do like the spray painted four on his chest. I think that is a very inspired is, idea. <laughs> it is, but it's so. Fu- I had to just like not think about it in universe. I had to yeah. be like, what oh, it's the so fuck dumb. Is this it's so dumb, but that's why I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's, it's. I dig great. it. <laughs> it's better than having like a sticker on him. Like sometimes he yeah. has like just like a four almost like as a sticker on him. Right. Basically. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah this makes yeah, way more sense. Yeah, Especially because yeah. you could see it being a scenario where like Johnny did that and it's just not coming off. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it's great. Love it. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean like these tensions are, you know, are rising and everything. Um, the wizard four are now openly trashing the fantastic four in news reports and everybody's just like, yeah, they're right. The fantastic four does suck yeah, for some reason them. because we're, <laughs> we're, a thick, we're a very thick, fickle public now, apparently. Um, yeah. Reed continues uh, research on the Wizard Four's tech. Johnny uh, hatches a plan to get back in the uh, public's good graces. And this is when we get introduced to our unnamed freelance photographer. Johnny basically hires. It's Peter Parker. It's obviously definitely Peter Parker. Johnny, <laughs> Johnny fire, uh, fires. Johnny hires this kid to like basically follow him around while he like saves people and does cool hero things. Yeah. To then you know be like, hey public, here's all the cool hero stuff we do. You know, it's all very simplistic and played for comedy and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, normally I would assume the answer to this question is yes, but the schedule for this show airing was so bananas, I genuinely don't know. Do you think anybody's done, like, fan art of this Peter Parker in other Peter Parker scenarios or as Spider-Man? I don't know, probably. I mean, it seems like this show has a you know, following. A, a following, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of fan art like that. Just just trying to visualize what he yeah. might look like in the style I think would be really fun. Cuz he also can't he can't resemble any other Peter Parkers cuz they can't even say his name. So he does look pretty different than most Peter Parkers we've seen I mean, at least in how he's styled. He's yeah. Yo, he always styled yeah, like in terms of the clothes like he's still yeah. like a white teenager with brown hair. Like, oh, there you for go. Sure. That's Peter Parker. Yeah, they're not doing, they're not doing yeah. anything drastic. It's just but, like, but he's wearing he's like a backwards styled as like, yeah, as like almost like, like a, like a punk kid. Yeah, not punk like, a, like genre, but like, I don't know, like troublemaker looking type. Kid. Yeah. He's got like the backwards cap and like baggy clothes and stuff like that. And like know? sort of messier, longer hair than you'd normally expect. Sure. Although I guess yeah. ultimate kind of has longer hair in the front, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Moppier hair. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, they already right from the get go play up the joke of like, Hey, this freelance photographer is uh never mind. It's just a photo guy. And like every time he's referred to, it's just like the, uh, photo guy and, uh, the photographer, like they, they go very heavy on like, we're avoiding saying this person's name, like to the point where it's like, yeah, obviously it is who you think it is. We the journey I went name. through because I didn't think about when the show was made. Mm-hmm. So the whole journey I went through of like, when are they going to drop the bomb? Is it going to be in a byline? Is it going to be like the I was last line too, of the yeah. show? Like, oh, who is that kid or whatever? Like, and then just going through the whole episode being like, they're never going to fucking say his name. This yeah. isn't fucking Peter. Par- like it is Peter Parker, but like the journey, the whole journey was oh, so funny watching. The I'm episode. right there with you. I still, we, I was the last 30 seconds of the episode <laughs> and still thinking there might be a flash the of the daily bugle <laughs> with Peter Parker's name by a photo. Right. Like I was just like, that can still happen. And then it's never dead. <laughs> Yep. 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 <laughs> right there with you. 
Oh, yeah. Well, shockingly, this plan backfires when Peter uh, accompanies Johnny Storm on like a mission or a call, I guess I should say. And they end up at this warehouse that goes up in a horrific fire. uh, And Peter takes a photo of that and then publishes that. Naturally, everyone assumes that Johnny, the human torch, started this fire. And he's like, no, I didn't. Here's what actually happened. And it is notable what he describes. I like that they immediately have him tell this story he says the radio said there was a fire at the warehouse me and the photo guy got there but there was no fire and then everything exploded it's like relatively quick and it's good that it's a story told by johnny who is often a liar and unreliable and like we kind of know something's going on but it makes it really easy to believe that no one believes him yeah, yeah, but I mean, it is it is smart because that totally. I mean that that's that kind of is like the big piece that Reed's going to end up needing uh, for yeah. all of this. So, it sets yeah, everything it's, up. Yeah, it's 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 good writing for this like little little yeah. uncomplicated mystery. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a mystery yeah. for us, you know. We're just watching sure. them figure it out. Right, right. And then they try many more times and fail many more times to get a good PR moment um, with the still unnamed photographer. Uh, This humiliates Johnny over and over again. And then after all of this happens, most of my most of my like continued frustrations, although I'm I'm starting to think they're all jokes and I'm just late to the joke, (laughs) is that after all this happened, Reed shares. Oh, yeah, Johnny, I actually believe you were not responsible that fire for that fire. It's like you could have said something. Look, like if I'm uh, to Johnny, be fair, I would be like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> to be fair, it's like a well-known thing that Reed Richards is just a fucking dick. Like, so, like, you know what? I guess that plays right into it. <laughs> That's fair. And I guess in this show, they can't have, or they wouldn't, maybe is better phrasing than can't. But like, they're not going to have him be like outright aggressive or a dick. So they just kind of have him be like aloof a lot, yeah, um, or like lost in research, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is good context to remember this. But I, at the moment, like when this happened, I was like, are you kidding? Like, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, so goofy. It's a, yeah, it's very goofy. We're going to let Johnny <laughs> fumble over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you, though? Like, <laughs> the kids I don't know. Like, I like the human torch. I think Johnny's fun. <laughs> I, it's not uh, a character I feel like I normally gravitate to. But for some reason, Johnny Storm is frequently charming. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's like hothead and then there's like Johnny Storm as a hothead is different because Cause he's like he an idiot. Like genuinely, he's an idiot, but he, he is like more like of bad. He is like he is like a himbo hothead. Yes. And he's also like yes. genuinely well-meaning. Yes. Like, at, you know, even, you know, as much as they play up like that, he's actually kind of selfish. Like he isn't really he's at his core. He is like insecure, obviously a good And we guy. can all yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, he's got a soft spot, I think, for Johnny. Yeah, I think it makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. you don't live with him, though. <laughs> I don't. That is a very good point. I could talk to Courtney and she'll remind me. <laughs> oh, so we cut to that evening where there's conversations taking place among the Wizard Four about when to give up the charade. He <gasps> <It> was a charade. <gasps> what? They didn't really. They were. They were. They were really real good guys. I thought they were well-meaning. They saved a cat. They also are sort of like, should we give up this charade? And then Wizard tells Claw to be patient and assures Trapster that they have a more important goal than having a cushy heroing gig. They have ulterior motives. No way. I don't believe it. But they look so nice. 
I also love, and this isn't like new or like whatever. I just think it's always a funny trope when it comes up. I love that none of the other members of this foursome know what they're doing. Like Wizard that's hasn't true. told them what they're doing. Wizard has not let them in point. on the plan. Trapster's just like, actually, it's kind of fun being a hero. Like, what if I do this? And Wizard's like, no, there's a plan. Okay, oh, what is it? <laughs> that's kind of sad. There's means there's like an alternate alternate universe where the trapster just like was like, I kind of like how this feels and just became a hero like permanently. Like <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's like, one Wizards of his futures. Kind, Wizard's kind of the real villain here. Like Trapster, like you could easily reprogram <laughs> Dragon Man or I don't know, Dragon Man's like more of an animal or whatever. So like he's probably just doing yeah. whatever whatever you know his friends are telling him to do so he'd probably do hero stuff for as long as you know they wanted him to yeah i don't i can't really get a read on claw honestly but i like, think at claw, least... claw's a bad dude i think claw's a bad oh dude. yeah he's he's the misogynist right yeah oh yeah so okay half he's of the them... one in this case that's like eager to like get shit going where he's like yeah. why do we do the bad stuff that's true yeah so half half of the four could just go on and do their own thing and yeah. just leave like really the real bad guys are wizard and claw mostly sure. wizard because claw would probably fuck off if wizard was wasn't there wizards the one manipulating him so fuck that guy well they kind of have i mean claw is the exception but like the way that they the way that they construct this frightful four and i'm sure there's precedent for this it's not an accident is like Mm -hmm. their archetypes are similar not the same but similar to the fantastic four right like yeah yeah, trapster is a bit of an idiot who is potentially well-meaning and fucks shit up you know what i mean and like dragon man is obviously like a monstery guy and wizard is reed and then claw's really the only one where it's like claw and susan don't have that much in common so they like i guess in this show just make them more antagonistic towards each other mm-hmm. yeah so, that makes sense you know there's there's duos in this foursome just like in the fantastic four yeah totally makes sense totally makes sense yeah also just this had occurred to me like before we had recorded, but it only just occurred to me during the recording now. Yeah. Like another reason it's appropriate that we're doing this episode now is that like we just did an Ultimate Spider-Man. First episode of Ultimate Spider-Man has a I version know. of the Frightful Four in it and also has Dragon Man in multiple episodes oh, somehow. I definitely thought about that while, while I was watching yeah. it. Are are we are we dumb or am I dumb? Did we even talk about the Frightful Four being a Fantastic Four like villain? We didn't know where they came from and we didn't really care about them. Okay. So we just were like, I assume they're fantastic four villains okay. and didn't look into it further because there's yeah. way more to talk about in that episode. Uh, for sure. For sure. I just couldn't remember. <laughs> I wasn't sure if like, I just didn't remember us talking about it or if we just didn't bring it up or didn't care. I, I yeah. was, I couldn't remember. I remembered <laughs> I, them cause they were I funny. I can tell you, but... I like this frightful four better than ultimate Spider-Man's frightful four. I think it's a cool I... roster. I feel like, Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I was going to say, I feel like it's hard to compare cause I feel like that frightful four was used really really well in a small dose yeah you know um, oh yeah I and this like one we cast. get like way more of but yeah the cast of for sure because like i don't even remember who all four of them were i know exactly. claw was one of them and i know that wizard was one of them and there was the... oh and trapster was one of them they basically just replaced dragon man with uh the lady who was that was it's not titania but it's basically <laughs> some, someone like titania. some extra dimensional lady or whatever i think it's just like strong Which... lady Right. I'm glad they did that because then they could have Dragon Man just pop up randomly in episodes. And I think that's they fair. Used, they've used Dragon Man way better. Uh, yeah. Uh, in that show. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, OK. Incredible timing that Wizard is having his chat with his team uh, because Reed is having a chat with the Fantastic Four at the exact same time. Ooh. And this is where Reed shares with the group that guys I think I've figured out who the Wizard Four are, 
And it turns out, get this, I was able to ID all of them. They're all either famous scientists, documented crooks, or both. Why is he the only man who knows this? The only man in the world. Why is he the only man? This is the one thing where I'm like, this could have been a little bit smoother. Like, you either play this better for the joke or, like, give us one more beat. Or don't say that they're, like, they haven't been in the show yet. You could just pretend no one knows who they are. It would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. But I was like, what? Reed, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's just, like, tinkering with shit the entire episode and then occasionally drops a bomb. <laughs> It's so fun. It's so, so funny. Weird. It's it's very weird. And then I, I, this, I like the, this moment right here where he's like, oh, by the way, I figured out that they're all famous scientists and documented criminals. I guess now we should do something about them. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> yeah. Dick. It's very sweet. How do they live with him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Good question, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're just like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> like, okay, I guess Reed. We're finally kicking ass now. Thanks. Since now you say so. Permission. <laughs> uh, also, also uh, you know what I what I think is silly and what? dumb? Reed's like, I'm gonna name these guys. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. name them the Frightful Four. I don't know. That does not feel in character for this guy. I, I only have only seen one episode of this version of Reed Richards, but based on even this one episode, it does not seem like the kind of guy who's going to just name a group the Frightful Four, especially when this group is not very frightful. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. that's not how I would describe them. I'm trying to think <laughs> if that's, like, part of his personality. Like, he's definitely a weird dude, like a weirder dude in this show than I would have expected, but he's not, like, making a joke. It's not like he's making a joke that everyone's like, yeah. Okay, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it would make sense people if don't like... get him, and they could have applied that here. But I think Johnny literally is like, "Hey, good one, right?" And it's like, not really. Like it would make sense <laughs> if the wizard was like, was like, "We're actually the frightful four. Like they name themselves. Yeah. Or even if Johnny said something dumb, and it just like got adopted. Like, yeah. All that makes sense. It's weird that Reed's the one who comes up with it, as if I this agree. is like a thing the smartest man in the world would come up with. Like, I don't know. Right, sincerely, <laughs> and people agree like, with him sincerely. It's like, I. it's not even that it's a bad name or anything. It's no. just that it's not a very good descriptor of that particular team. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would have made sense if it were sort of the type of thing that, like, 2017's Otto would do, where he, like, says something that he thinks is very clever, and yeah. then everyone's sort of like, okay. Yeah, like, but they then could it just have gets, like, kind of adopted anyway, yeah. Right, but that's not what they'd play this for at all. Yeah, it's very strange. Really weird. Really weird. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but you gotta name them. They wrote themselves into a corner by by the being the frightful four, but being good, so not being able to be called the frightful four, and somebody yeah. had to name them. You know, honestly, it yeah. might have been funnier if they figured out a way to do it, but I don't know if you could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been funny if one of the frightful four were just literally named like Destructo Man or something just like yeah. ridiculous. Like if they had gone even harder on the like these guys are obviously villains thing. It's like yeah. we're the frightful four and I'm a killer murder man. And it's like, <laughs> oh yay, our heroes. You're so man. nice and beautiful. Yeah. Fuck the Fantastic Four. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mr. Fantastic, fuck that. We want Doctor Doom. Like something yeah. that's just like obviously bad like that. Right, right. I was trying to think of something else, and I was going to say Doctor Evil, and then I was like, "That's not even in this universe, and already exists yeah. somewhere." But I mean, Doctor Doom is a, is a perfect stuck. example. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Doom has been 
beloved by random people in the 80s shows before that's true (laughs) they literally give him the world government yeah j jonah jameson's like simping for a dictator via un vote (laughs) the un the un voting on the leader of the world because that's how it works as you do (laughs) check out our coverage of the 80s show it's (laughs) it's a show our episodes on on them are pretty good i agree often yeah. And pretty short, actually. Some of our shorter episodes. Yeah. So check it out yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. good reason, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. One of them is literally half what we've already recorded so far, and we're not even oh done my yet. God, yeah. We're, almost, we're not that <laughs> far, though. Nah. So, okay, Reed has given them permission to confront the Frightful Four, and the next day they do it in just the best way possible. They interrupt a ceremony where the mayor is granting the Frightful Four full security clearance to the city, which we will talk about, and naming them the city's official heroes. Everybody cheers. Everybody loves it. Everyone loves the Frightful Four. So on top of interrupting the ceremony and publicly criticizing the publicly adored Frightful Four, the Fantastic Four are then tricked into fighting them when Trapster trips Thing into Dragon Man. So, like, they show up, they, like, crash the party, they call everybody's favorite heroes, like, jerks and bad guys, and then think it's going to go well. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really think this... Smartest man in the world did not think this through. Mm -mm. This was your plan, buddy. And naturally, the crowd is like, we love the Frightful Four and fuck the Fantastic Four. And Reed is like, oh, oops. Maybe we shouldn't have done this. Maybe this was actually Wizard's plan the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and they leave. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> really stuck it to him. Yeah. So back in the Baxter building, Reed figures out, based on something Wizard said, that the Frightful Four had been causing all the accidents and disasters that have made both uh, that have both made the Fantastic Four look incapable and also made the Frightful Four look superior. So, yeah, they it's I mean, which is a classic, right? Like they they set it up so they can knock them down and yeah. get credit for it. Totally makes sense. Do you, I this is one of two things where like Wizard says something and that literal phrase is like a light bulb in Reed's head. And like, part of me is sort of like, I feel like there was a more elegant way to do that. And then another part of me is like, who cares? Yeah. And I'm cares. curious to know how you feel about those types. Oh, of it didn't, it didn't bother movements. me. I mean, okay. cause, cause it's such a, I mean, this, it's such a straightforward plot line in, in that like, that makes sense. Oh no, it's a team who is trying to be heroes, but actually they're making themselves look like heroes by causing the disasters. Yeah. Like that's been case, done a million times. That's yeah, oh, total, no, I, no. I don't care. The plot makes total sense. In right, this case, but, it's but like wizard says like, like, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a deep plot, so you don't need deep ways to move things forward. Right. Like, I mean, it's sort of like, I know it's going to happen. Just, like, get us to from point Got A to it. point okay. B. Okay. Makes sense. You know? Like, because the alternative, I feel like, would just be, like, Reed figures it out off screen, which is, like, I don't know. like Or drags just, it out in a way that would be Yeah. Boring. Which, like, either way, it's, like, it's it's just as contrived either way. It, like, doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you know, um, I, I think if this was played as a more serious mystery, I'd be bothered. But it's not a mystery at all. Like, it's obvious what's yeah. going on. So That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, think, um, I think the question arose for me when I was taking this episode more seriously than I think yeah, we are now can. that we kind of, like see where the humor probably is yeah you know? it's it's i think which it's is more, laced it's, throughout it's a, the entire episode and I, I i i feel like probably we've also been a little bit colored by living with ultimate spider-man for such a long time too which has all of its humor on its sleeve oh my so we god we get to yeah. a show like this where it's sort of like 
I don't know. I mean, like, I know you're saying that like a lot of the show's humor isn't particularly subtle, but like, I, I do think that it's way more subtle than ultimate Spider-Man is. I agree. And I think it's hard. I think you're looking for jokes to be more in your face. And so it's something like this where it's just like, it's just a funny, stupid, almost like it's like, this is like this, the sitcom version of a superhero mm-hmm. plot, you know? Yeah. Um, you can't just can't take it. Too yeah. Seriously. It's just drier it's just... and more subtle than right. I, I, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's good context. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I do like is that even though Peter Parker is never named in this episode, he is like um, instrumental to them sort of solving this mystery. My God. I I didn't even mention this when it first happened. After that first warehouse moment and Peter was gone, I was like, is that it? Is he in the (laughs) one scene? So I'm really glad he came back multiple times. Yeah, and it's like it's important because they call yeah. him up, they examine his photos, his negatives specifically, right? Which I think is important because then they can get sort of like the most um high quality like prints of it essentially yeah. to zoom in zoom and enhance and see that Dragon Man <laughs> was actually present at the warehouse fire that Johnny was blamed for. Right. So so, you know, Peter Parker, the unnamed photographer that we know is definitely Peter Parker, like helps them get the proof to to save the day, essentially. So yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And they are like f- very fairly being like, this seems like a lot of trouble to go through just to like be mean to the Fantastic Four. Like, what's the end game here? And, and yet Johnny goes very hard, like, but a reputation. They called us unstable. He says, like, says the, like the constantly yelling man who never yeah. has like a quiet voice in his life. And, re- and reads like, oh, no, that's not actually the real plan. I know what the real plan is. You said the magic word, Johnny. Unstable. Yeah. Unstable. It is It is funny. It's a sort of like, it, it's honestly kind of forced. That's like. They, that's they, it's, why it's I still, asked the question. That, that one is more forced, I think, than the other one. Because the other one has is to go we're through always two, one step ahead of you. And that clicks for that's, Reed. I think that's fine. That's because better. that's a villainy thing to say. Yeah. And like. But this, again, I don't mind like just like quickly moving the plot along and having sure. a clue that remembers. I think what I don't like about this one is that they have to have two characters say something weird, essentially. Sure. Like they have to have the villains call the Fantastic Four unstable, which is a weird thing to call them, you know, yeah. in the first place. And then have Johnny be like going way hard on how offended he is to be called unstable in front which of which I don't people. think he would even care about. Which he would he care about his care reputation, about. but being called yeah. unstable, I don't think he would care. I, yeah. I think that they didn't need, I think that they didn't need that part. I think that they should have just, that's the one Reed could have just figured out yeah. on his own. Right. He could have figured it out on his own, or he could have heard them calling them unstable and skipped Johnny. Oh, sure. Like freaking out about it, you know? Yeah. Um, like Reed gets all of the information from one monologue from the wizard, which honestly would be funnier, really. Yeah. If it's like, you just laid out literally your entire plan to me in like one. And line. I think they kind of, I think they explore that a little bit, but they don't go hard enough on it for it to like really land. Right. Cause like wizard yeah. is this sort of like boasty, boisterous sort of like talks too much villain. Like he is that mm. archetype. Um, so they could have really played that up. And I think you're right. They could have just cut Johnny out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So it turns out (laughs) that being given security clearance to the city means the frightful four are just literally allowed to go anywhere they want without an escort, I guess. I think it's hilarious. It's like, it's like classic, like (laughs) key to the city thing where it's like, like, oh no, the key to the city means you literally have the key to the city. I think that's very funny. It's so, it, it makes so much more sense when I am treating this episode 
as like as a, a full comedy. Like, yeah. yes, where it takes all the weird sort of like, like the, Kita says a perfect example, takes those things and then just makes them literal. Like as the most like straightforward, sincere type of thing, like in universe. So that's what it means for them. And then we, we know this because they just walk right into Reed's lab in his university where he does research and experiments Sure, they can just do that now because they're the city's official heroes and they walk out with a sphere full of unstable molecules. Ah, it clicks. <laughs> yeah, that sphere full of unstable monocle- m- monocles. Monocles. <laughs> I don't know why they have to call it a sphere. Right, that's first of all. <laughs> but I do love like a fishbowl full of monocles. I think that's funny fish too. Fishbowl full of monocles. Yeah, that's really funny. But just... <laughs> He's just hanging out with some unstable molecules. It's fun. Sure. <laughs> Why, Why not? not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they then try to they then try to take this God, neither one of us is doing a great job whatever. talking right now, are we? So they try to take this sphere of unstable molecules <laughs> and escape via an abandoned subway tunnel. They do not get far though before the Fantastic Four confronts them. Um, and a battle breaks out between the two groups and over the sphere. So it's like a classic, like, hot potato situation and also let's fight each other situation. Yeah. The fight does eventually get taken above ground and the Frightful Four are like, great, we will win if only because people are watching and everyone fucking hates you. <laughs> and they're kind of right at first because crowds start cheering for them. Problem is... As they close, like the crowds close in to watch and cheer along their frightful four heroes, uh, classic Herbie shows up and broadcasts a video of Wizard from moments before gloating about their plan and calling everybody in the city suckers. This is when I realized, like, oh, this this really actually is because I think I was kind of with you too. We're sort of like, this is ridiculous how like thin this thin all of this is. But when this happens, when it's just sort of like, oh, this is an absolute comedy because they barely have to say a word. We're just, where it's just like, we weren't really authentic heroes and the fucking crowd just turns into an angry mob and absolutely turns on them on a dime. And it is like, Oh, this is just like cartoonishly fickle, like angry mob stuff going on in this episode. And like, cause it is really funny. Cause like they really don't show much of this video at all. It is like, honestly, it's more just sort of like, like, um, where it's like, it wasn't even necessary to trick them. It was just fun. And the people fucking just are furious about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it is, per- it, it really is perfect to think about this episode as like taking all those tropes that you might groan about if you see them in an otherwise like more sincere episode, mm-hmm. taking all of them and kind of putting them in an episode together that is not necessarily telling like a sincere mystery. Like, yeah. That's the perfect way to view this. And I wish that I kind of like, I wish I had that as I was watching it because it is actually just so much fun. And I kind of love that idea of like just taking these like extremely tropey things and just smashing them all into one episode. Right. Especially when you have like such cartoonish villains, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Why not? They, you, they yeah. just were never going to be taken seriously, yeah. really, as villains anyway. Yeah, it makes show. me really curious about how that group has been treated throughout the decades, you know? Because mm-hmm. I could see scenarios where they are just like full camp, and obviously there were probably scenarios where they were taken extremely seriously. For sure, yeah. Well, as the crowd does begin to turn on the Frightful Four, like you said, pretty immediately, actually, Trapster points out that, hey, um, that sphere full of unstable molecules, it broke. 
and the contents they're spilling and spreading <laughs> rapidly. I love that unstable mo- molecules is just like more goo. <laughs> it's <just> blue Basically, goo. <laughs> it's just goo. What's funny though is like as this happened, we were rapidly approaching the end of the episode, and I was like. We didn't choose like part one of a two-parter, did we? Because that would be wild. <laughs> and then two, I was like, what is this shit supposed to do? Especially because like it was sort of goo. It was sort of gas. I was like, is this going to like do something to people? Like, <laughs> is this going to be like a status quo changing moment in this series that like otherwise yeah. has like no continuity? Like what is happening? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't <laughs> that know. Was dirty. I was just like, oh, what's the goo going to do? And what's like not thinking do? about it. Not thinking about it bit deeper well it's much more simple than anything i was thinking because the goo literally will just like disintegrate things basically it makes them unstable doug don't you understand the unstable molecules make things unstable so it's a chain reaction (laughs) that was was one of my favorite lines where reed just goes it's a chain reaction reaction like i don't okay if if, if you dumped (laughs) acid on like on something and it melted, would you call that a chain reaction? I mean, I guess that's it's right. It's a chain reaction. I don't know that that's like, I don't know that that's like a proper, like, I guess it's not wrong. I don't know if it's the proper descriptor necessarily. Joker falls into a vat of acid. It's a chain reaction. I guess he means that. I get what he means. The but... molecules make something unstable and then that becomes unstable matter that turns yes. other stuff unstable. Yes. That's how it would spread throughout the city. I, it's I just guess so I, funny it that it, like he includes that at all. Like, it's just like, yeah. It, yeah. You guys, yeah. it's a chain reaction. All right. All right. You're smart. <laughs> I'm a scientist in case you forgot. I should be Dr. Fantastic. Really, everyone. Dr. Fantastic. Oh, my God. I know, um, right? But yeah, I mean, basically, like, it will it will just turn... Unstable molecules, when raw, is how Reed describes them, will just turn everything else into them. Like, it will just turn everything into unstable molecules. Nothing will have a form. Everything will disintegrate. Or perhaps maybe just organic matter, because the one thing yeah. it does touch is Dragon Man, and he survives. It's just his exterior does not. Yeah. So weird. it's possible that it's like only a threat to organic matter. Doesn't really matter. It's spreading and it's spreading fast. Yeah. Yeah. What's the matter? No matter. Stop. Doesn't matter. <laughs> unstable matter doesn't matter. No matter to the unstable matter. It's unstable a chain reaction. Doesn't matter. It's a chain reaction. <laughs> So Reed urges Susan and Claw to isolate the affected matter because it's sort of like this is going to like literally destroy the whole city, right? So Claw is like, fuck that, I'm out. Nope, not doing this. And Susan responds with, fuck that, get wrecked and knocks him out. I love that. rules. I like missed it the first time. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And I had to yeah. like jump back to be like, oh, damn, she fully just like clobbered him. Yeah. Great. Um, Wait, hold on. Pause. Yeah. Does okay. things say it's clobbering time at all in this episode? I don't think so. I don't think he does. Mm-mm. I think he I says mean, it in like every other episode I've seen. Oh, I'll have to check. I know for sure he says it at least once in like the first few episodes. They make a point to include it. Mm. I mean, sure. Why wouldn't you? It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was going to appear in every episode. It only occurred to me yeah, that it didn't in this that's one. That's a little bit of a bummer that I, that yeah. I the one that I watched doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. Say the thing thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, resume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very important science sciencing happening because this Reed tells Sue to create a bubble. And she's like, all right, I'll create a bubble. And she makes a an bubble. invisible bubble around all the molecules. Uh, and the, the thing and Johnny just like beat up the frightful four and got them handled. So I think it's very was- funny that Reed describes what she does as a bubble. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, like that. I mean, how would you describe it? A shield? A I force, guess? Field, a force, force field. A force field. 
Yeah, that's true. A bubble. <laughs> make your make one of your little bubbles, Sue. Yeah, you know, I know you're not as like good as me, Doctor Fantastic, bubbles. but <laughs> you know those like bubble things you do. <laughs> <laughs> Just do one of those. But yeah, Sue gets to save the day by putting all of the unstable molecules in a bubble. I do love that Rita's like, hey, Sue, and also Claw, I'm going to need you to do this thing. And Susan's like, nah, I got this. And also knocks out the guy that's been a dick to her. That's true. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm yep. It's like, fool, I don't need him. How dare you even suggest? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, well. We're almost done now. They've they've saved the day. The group get a celebratory group photo from the photographer, the photo guy, the guy who takes photos. Wonder what his name is. Whoever he is. Whoever that guy is. Um, before they head back to the Baxter beating. Baxter beating? What God. is happening tonight? We've all, This is the one episode we're recording today. It's not even like this is like one. episode three that no. we're doing. No, I don't know what's happening. It's, yeah. I mean, it's been a day for me personally, and maybe sure. it's been a day for you too. That's so fair. That's and it's the, it you all don't necessarily realize this. This is also the first one back for us uh, in what three weeks or something. Yeah, so. I haven't recorded a podcast in quite yeah. a while. We're fumbling. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. You're you're with us uh, almost <laughs> two hours into this, so oh my, you're dedicated. God. Why is this episode so long? <laughs> I don't know. It's new. It's shiny. You know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but but Reed's like, uh, I was never bothered by the Frightful Four taking our spotlight. It was not a big deal. I just was just seeing a problem to be solved. And she so was like, okay, whatever, weirdo. And the episode ends with Reed alone watching a news report of Wizard being taken into custody and smirking. <laughs> Smartest man on earth, please. This guy's got some he was darkness. Bothered. This guy's got some darkness in him. Yeah. <laughs> I would like them to explore it. <laughs> yeah, well i'm sure that they don't get a chance to yeah. unfortunately yeah and if they did no one can say because no one got to see it yeah <laughs> uh interesting interesting well before we this is a weird one because we're never watching this show again <laughs> or talking about it rather uh so we'll do we'll do thoughts on it but i just love the moment when, for some reason, Dragon Man sees unstable molecules and is just like, that's something I should huff directly. Right. What the fuck, dude? And then, like, basically reacts, uh, makes a face, and then just, like, transforms, basically. I don't even know if it prop. I don't even know if his body properly melts off of him. I feel like it just, like, flashes away or they, like, do a weird yeah. little, like, cut. And he's just making the same face but a robot now. Yeah. When that edible do be hidden. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's like. That's when that like. unstable molecule cloud hits, you know? <laughs> that was a good, that was a good pull. I had fun with this. I did not expect to. I, I thought it was going to be like, oh, this show. I don't know why, but I, I, I didn't really watch any of these superhero shows, superhero cartoons of this time period. It just mm-hmm. wasn't, it just wasn't what I was watching at the time. I, I mean, I guess I'd, it makes sense. I guess I, I, aged out of that bracket so i'd have to actively be like seeking out kids cartoons because it wasn't really what my age group was was being aimed what was being aimed to my age group right so it makes sense i guess but like i i just always assumed i think maybe i was just making passing judgment on like the art styles that maybe i didn't really like very much and just assumed that they were bad um sure so i was 
so, but but you know, I've only ever heard good things about all of Christopher Yost's and Craig Kyle's stuff, honestly. So like, I'm 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 kind of jazzed to eventually watch you know some of that Avengers show and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I, I'm surprised at how much I enjoy this. I think it was like, it was, I think I liked how not self-serious it is at all. Like it is so like, so, so much closer to being a sitcom. And I think that's the kind of stuff I don't really engage with a lot of fantastic four stuff, but when I do, I really like it to not be, I, I, I enjoy it when it's not like super dark and when it is just sort of like fun, a family of superheroes doing like wacky stuff. Like, I think that that's, that's what I like fantastic four. And I feel like this kind of gets that in a, in a fun way. I know people hate when this show is invoked, but I really do feel like Fantastic Four would benefit from being like a a new version of Fantastic Four cartoon would benefit from being more like a Teen Titans or dare I say Teen Titans Go uh, than like a more serious superhero cartoon. Yeah, because I think then it would serve those scenarios where like they get to have like wacky family drama. They get to do silly things. Um, you can have serious episodes just like any yeah. other show has, even comedy shows have. Um, but sure. I do think the the less sort of, uh, for whatever reason, they have a hard time hitting in, in media outside of comics, right? So like yeah. trying something that's a bigger swing that I think can serve them uh, in a unique way that doesn't necessarily serve a lot of other properties in the Marvel Universe could yeah. be the ticket. Yeah. Well, I mean, like a lot of, a lot of core Fantastic Four concepts like are silly and I, in, in ways that where if you try to update them, it's hard to do it in a way that doesn't just feel stupid. Yeah. Where it's just like, so wow, you're like, really quaint. You know what like, I mean? Their villains are their main villain is literally Dr. Doom. Like Galactus. I'm sorry. Galactus is fucking goofy. Not to say you can't do good stories with him. You can, sure. but like it is a goofy character at its core. Well, this Even team as is scary goofy. as the concept, you know, is. like this villain yeah. team is goofy, but you could do so much with them. If you just, you can still let find- them be goofy. You can still find like pathos in those goofy stories totally. and characters without making them like edgelord or trying to update them or, or make yeah. it really dark or whatever, you yeah. know? And I know like, I mean, I like, I have space for like, I, I, I never watched the Josh Trank fantastic four movie or anything. Um, that's the, I, I, that's the most recent fanta- fan, fan four stick or whatever. Yeah, I, I did. And, and, and I, 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 I don't know what you thought of it. I, I've heard people like defend it at least to an extent. I, there are elements of it to defend. Yeah. It is hard to defend as a whole. Sure. But I do think that like that movie's sounds like that movie, like focus a little more on the body horror of it, or yeah. at least tried to, I think that's a smart take on fantastic four that I, totally. I think if you do want to try to take a darker spin on it, you can, but I think if you want to just do a straight fantastic four superhero store story, I think it's just kind of hard to not let them, to not embrace like the goofy sixties of it all really, um, you know, and then, and then go dramatic from there. If you have space to do it, like you, you brought up teen Titans, but like, you know, the teen Titans show was often slapstick and silly, but often had really dark story arcs at the same time. Like Mm -hmm. you can do both. I just do think you need that baseline of, of silliness. And I think that the show kind of gets that right where it's sort of like, this is a comedy show in a lot of ways, but I'm, I'm positive that they could tell darker stories at certain points if they wanted to, they just have a different starting point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I enjoyed it. I I've enjoyed what I've watched so far. Um, having the realization for this episode in particular makes me actually want to go back and maybe watch some of the episodes with like this particular lens, even though I did enjoy them, you know, just to see like, because I wasn't paying close attention, like were there other subtle things they were doing or other like 
you know, humor laced throughout that I wasn't paying attention to. Some of it I know was there. Some of it I probably missed, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's fun. I I will definitely watch more and probably watch all of it. Yeah, for sure. Have not changed my mind. Nice. Well, um, if we do ever talk about this show again, just because we end up watching it and feel compelled, most likely that would not end up on the main feed again, because it's not Spider-Man related, but it could end up on Patreon if we decided to do that. So if you liked this and we're like, you have to, if you watch it, you have to talk about more, uh, maybe tell us to do that on Patreon and check out our Patreon and become a patron over at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. And you can also make those suggestions in our Discord. There should be a link in the show notes. Uh, you can also find us all over the place on the internet. Derek, where can people find you and the things you're working on? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a new show and a new guest uh, for every episode that I do. You can find it on uh, all your podcast apps. You can also follow it on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. Also, this episode's coming out, what, next next week, right? So it's coming mm-hmm. out on May 30th. Yep. Um, Follow me on Twitch uh, at Mr. Dare Bear um, or find that on on uh, Twitter. I'm going to be doing a uh, 24-hour live stream <gasps> of Spider-Man content, yes. mostly Spider-Man cartoons. Um, I do occasionally – I have – well, I say I do like it's a thing I regularly do. I will be more regularly doing uh, uh, basically streams of old VHS tapes that I have that I just taped off of TV and I just have a lot of them still and they all still work. So I'm in the process of digitizing them. So um, if you want to check out like old shows with commercials and like old bumpers, um, the Spider-Man one, especially I have like an old ABC family, uh, like Spidey mania, like marathon they did for like three straight days that has like Spider-Man trivia that they do between commercials and stuff. It's really fun. Um, so old VHS, bad, bad VHS quality. That's part of the charm, uh, but old commercials and everything. Um, that's going to be again on my Twitch, uh, Mr. Dare Bear. I'm going to start streaming that on this Thursday. Nice. Of course, for across the spider verse, um, time TBA, probably sometime in the morning. And then I'll just sort of stream that probably through Friday. Um, you know, follow me on Twitter and Instagram or whatever, um, to, uh, to kind of keep track of that or just subscribe to me on Twitch and, get the latest updates on that yeah and i want to say like obviously spider-man is the attraction there but the 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 one you did most recently like honestly the commercials were part of my favorite part of it like i know it sounds weird to like sell something on the fact that commercials are present but these are like nostalgia bombs and like so many memories unlocked like it's so cool to watch all that stuff with the commercials with the bumpers all that it's so nice yeah thanks yeah (laughs) the last one i did the the first the first and most recent one that I've done was a twenty four seven stream of Power Rangers tapes and just the earliest stuff, not even all of them that I had. And so you're getting commercials from like nineteen ninety four, which I do think is pretty wild. I don't know. I don't think the Spider Man stuff's going to go as far back, but there, you know, you're going to see a mixture of like the '90s show, the '60s show, Unlimited, yeah. Amazing Friends, and some other some other like special things that I found that I don't know if people even know existed that sh- that I have on tape. Which is hell yeah, cool, so. Yeah, so more to, more to come from there in the future as well. Yeah, yeah. But what about you, Doug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. I still talk about Pokemon on a podcast called Victory Road here on the 4 Radio Network. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on Novel Gaming, a podcast I do with my friend Katie where we catch up on all the books, video games, and sometimes other pop culture we've been consuming lately. Also, 
Check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. It feels weird to say, but we will be back in a few weeks covering a new Pixar film called Elemental. Um, So if you want to hear our thoughts on everything leading up to this present point in Pixar history, uh, you can do that. Or if you want to check out movies that maybe are by the same creators as Elemental, uh, you can find those as well. Pop into the Discord, ask us which ones are specifically related to this based on creators. I'm happy to let you know, Um, but excited to be talking Pixar again soon. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts, uh, or you can find it on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com, where there's a full archive of Falling With Style, as well as all of our Walloping Web Snappers episodes, and they're sortable. It's beautiful. Uh, you can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod, or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Of course, please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms, because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and they just haven't found us yet, and those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find in search results for Spider-Man. Uh, next week, we return to the Spider-Verse with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. <gasps> I'm so excited. Yeah, we're all really... It's almost here. Yep, I, I don't can't even wait. like. I, I don't even have anything witty to say. We're all. We're I'm all, just. We're all there. so we're all sincerely there. pumped. <laughs> yeah, me too. I can't wait. I'm really, See you then. really excited. See ya. Bye.